You're listening to Monster of the Week with Timothy from ProDM, and this week we are pulling an all-nighter because we are talking about Death Knights. But the episode will still be the same length as normal. We we won't we won't be here all night. You can find the Death Knight on page 47 of the 5th edition Monster Manual. The Death Knight is basically an evil undead paladin, uh, basically like a Nazgul. This is a paladin who fell from grace and then died, often in the service of a lich or, you know, a demon lord or something like that. I think they originated in Dragonlance with uh, Lord Soth. There's a little, like, insert here about him, and the art clearly depicts kind of the classic Lord Soth look. But they're, you know, essentially sort of like high-level undead commanders. Mechanically, this is a medium CR-17 undead monster. Uh, they have high armor class, great stats, except for, like, average dexterity, uh, which then they make up for with a proficiency in dex saving throws, uh, also wisdom and charisma saving throws. They are immune to necrotic and poison. They have dark vision out to 120 feet, magic resistance. Uh, they have a martial undead ability that allows them to basically give all undead within 60 feet of them advantage on saving throws against a uh, turn undead. They have uh, spell casting up to 5th level. They've got spells like Command, Hold Person, Dispel Magic, Banishment, Destructive Wave, a bunch of others. Uh, and then action-wise, they have a multi-attack with a longsword that deals some extra necrotic damage. And then they have a Hellfire Orb power that deals just an absolutely staggering 20d6 damage. 10d6 necrotic and 10d6 fire. And then lastly, as a reaction, they have a parry, where they can add plus 6 to their armor class uh, in response to an attack. Yeah, so this is a Death Knight. It's a surprisingly high-level monster for the fact that it only gets one page in the 5th edition Monster Manual. But first, we're going to talk about the Death Knight's history throughout all five editions of Dungeons & Dragons. In first edition, the Death Knight appears in 1981's Fiend Folio, with some, I think, pretty baller art. Uh, they do mention, interestingly, in the lore of that entry, that there are only 12 Death Knights ever in existence, which definitely feels very Nazgul. They also mention that they could command undead that are less than 6th level, and they could summon a nightmare, uh, like, once per year, which seems like a weird way to measure that, uh, as their mount, which I think that's still pretty cool. Now, in 2nd edition, of course, most of this was retained, but they also included a few extra bizarre things. Uh, There's a table uh, that you roll on to to determine what type of magic sword the Death Knight is wielding, and stuff like, you know, is it a sword of life-stealing? Is it a plus-two greatsword? Is it two plus-one short swords? Things like that, which is kind of cool. I I sort of dig that. Uh, There's also a wacky note about how Death Knights were condemned to sing a song about the crimes that they had committed in life. Quote, nothing is more chilling, end quote, the entry says. I kind of think nothing is more undercutting of how cool the Death Knight is than them suddenly bursting out in, like, Brigadoon-esque song. That's gotta be a Dragonlance reference, right? Like, that's gotta be a reference to something that the character does 
in the novels or something because like what that seems very silly in third edition the death knight appeared in the monster manual 2 not as a monster but instead as a template something that you like apply to an existing paladin which is it was very very common in third edition they loved templates if you wanted to make a celestial skeletal half dragon were tiger minotaur okay here you go right these are all the templates you could bolt onto this monster The template gave them a fear aura, sort of undead followers, turn immunity, and then also an ability called Abyssal Blast, which seems to be the origin of 5e's Hellfire Orb. Now, they remain a template in 4th edition, um, and what's interesting is that the Monster Manual had stats for, like, if you just wanted a human fighter version of the Death Knight, but the actual rules how to make them were in the DMG, so you need two books to accurately run uh, the Death Knight in 4e. The lore also really tied them to their weapons in 4E, which I thought was cool, kind of like a Lich's phylactery, and they, like, hint at some of that here in 5E, but I like the idea that they are bound to their weapons or their armor or their gear. That's kind of what separates them from something like a mummy lord or a a Lich. Otherwise, they had pretty similar powers to what they have in 5E, a martial undead, necrotic damage, hellish fire. I think a lot of the base block of it you can see here in these later versions of the Death Knight. And that brings us to the Death Knight in 5th edition, uh, which I think is a a worthy successor. Again, considering how cool the Death Knight is and how much attention it's gotten in the past, it's a little sad to see them reduced to just a single page. But we'll talk about that in just a second when we talk about the things we like about the 5th edition Death Knight. First off, I gotta say, I think the Death Knight is one of the coolest kinds of villain you can use in a campaign. I love the vibe, I love the aesthetic, I love the story behind it. They're just cool, high-level, scary. Like, a Death Knight is the kind of D&D monster that you would expect to see on, like, an old Iron Maiden cover. Like, that kind of a thing. But they're they're just neat. It's like the Darth Vader of D&D monsters, and that's sick as hell. I love it. Very cool. I'm already, I have a lot of buy-in on the concept. This is also kind of an aesthetic thing, but my second thing, I really like the art. It is just, you know, art of Lord Soth, but there's something really cool about the textures of the armor in this art. But I love the visual of the red eyes kind of calling back to the Lich. I think that's neat. I do think that the hands are a little doofy. Like, the, the picture of Lord Soth here, he doesn't have gauntlets he just has like skeletal hands sticking out which i think kind of ruins the effect a little bit but it's still very cool art i really like the color and the texture on it looks awesome my last favorite thing is one small paragraph in the lore entitled immortal until redeemed the idea is that even after it's been destroyed the death knight can still kind of uh, be reborn and recur until it has basically until it basically atones right and like uh, does penance for the evil that it committed in its life that makes such an incredible villain if you think about that right like truly is like a darth vader situation where the only way to defeat it isn't in battle but it's to kind of to convince the death knight that they have fallen down this dark road and they have to go reach back towards the light awesome incredible narrative love that that's so cool I just wish it was like supported a little more than just one short little paragraph but that's cool that's all right. We're going to talk about ways we can improve the Death Knight coming up. Before we do that, we got to talk about things we don't like so much about the Death Knight. And as I think you can probably tell from the scanty number of things I like about the Death Knight, there's some stuff to talk about. 
So my first complaint about the 5e Death Knight is I just generally don't like spell casting on a monster. Matt Colville has talked about this more eloquently than I will, but it's just a big list of other things the monster could, I guess, do. I don't really care if the Death Knight can cast a magic weapon. I don't really care if the Death Knight can cast elemental weapon. I don't really care if the Death Knight can cast... I mean, I guess Compelled Duel is pretty cool. There's a lot of these that, like, as an action, I'm not going to have the Death Knight cast Hold Person. Not when I could have it deal, like, 5d8 damage. I don't know. It's a little bleh. It's also got that CR problem where it's CR 17, so you're probably not going to throw multiple Death Knights at a party. But at the same time, like, the action economy is so borked on this thing. I don't know. So so I don't love spellcasting. I wish it had some more cool, unique abilities. My second complaint is I think Hellfire Orb is just, like, way too powerful. This has got to be, like, a Dragonlance thing, maybe. I don't know. But, like, so the way it works is it's once per day, which is weird. It hurls a magical ball of fire that explodes. So it's Fireball. It's the spell Fireball. But instead, it deals way more damage, 10d6 fire and 10d6 necrotic damage on a failed save or half as much on a successful save. So unless you have evasion, even if you succeed, you're taking 10d6 fire and necrotic. I just, who decided the Death Knight is an artillery monster? That is just not what I think of looking at this thing. This thing looks like a soldier. This thing looks like it wades into melee with a sword, which it does have. Maybe the conceit is that it throws the Hellfire Orb early and then it wades in, but like, that's just such a huge AoE. It's like maybe the biggest AoE I've ever seen on any monster in D&D. And I don't understand why the Death Knight of all things has it. The parry is cool. Like, yeah, you kind of want it to feel like a Nazgul, to feel like Darth Vader, heavily armored, swinging that sword, maybe with some inexplicable magic power. But the Hellfire Orb just feels totally, totally wrong. What's more, it's also going to, like, absolutely demolish any undead that the Death Knight is fighting with. If it's this kind of battlefield commander of the living dead, Hellfire Orb, it just gets in the way of that, right? I guess you could open with it, but it just feels like immediately starting to fight off with a nuclear bomb. I don't know. I, I, I'm not into it. I think it's a little too overpowered, and it's just, more importantly, it's, it's off-tone uh, for what kind of monster this is. And then lastly, my negative is we just don't get very much space with this monster. It's such a cool concept. It could really be a cornerstone monster of Dungeons and Dragons. And it just kind of gets exactly the same amount of lore that, like, the Dark Mantle gets, which I think is a travesty. They do waste a bunch of time with a little insert here talking about Lord Soth, which is, like, kind of cool, I guess. But I don't care. Like, that doesn't help me run Dungeons and Dragons if there's a little insert about, like, I, I don't give a shit. And it's not even about, like, this is why Lord Soth is a good villain. It's just this is a complete accounting of everything that he does maybe the implication is that you're supposed to like use him narratively but I, who's gonna do that who's really just gonna say okay screw whatever i was gonna do now it's all about this lord soth guy there's nothing in here about why he's cool it's just this is what happened in Dragonlance, so you don't have to read it it's a waste of space it's such a cool monster you know, I feel like this thing could have a spread like a Beholder. It could have a huge page about lore and lair actions and all of that stuff. And it just, nope, it's just as interesting as a Dark Mantle. The stat block is the same size. That's crazy to me. So those are the three things I don't like so much. We're going to roll right into improvements. And we're going to talk about how we can fix the Death Knight and make it as cool as the, the kind of like promise of the premise, right? 
So first of all, I already mentioned it. How is this thing not a legendary monster? I feel like you could take a lot of its inexplicable abilities and farm them out. Like the idea of Hellfire Orb being like a lair action or something makes a lot more sense to me than it being just like a random thing that the Death Knight can do. I mean, honestly, I think you could get rid of it. The action economy is completely messed up here. It's got the reaction as like the one thing it can do, but it can do that once and it's a parry reaction. So it's just about preventing it from taking a hit from one weapon attack, which at this point, if CR 17, parry isn't going to help it against any more than one single attack and most people fighting it are going to have multiple attacks per round i guess it'll save you against like a rogue if that's your action economy solve the death knight needs help so i would get rid of spell casting in general i think and then replace it with some cool legendary actions to help balance that action economy I would find some way to reduce the effect of the Hellfire Orb. I'm not opposed to having some kind of AoE, but I do like the idea maybe of saying that it only deals necrotic damage, so chances are good that it won't affect undead that the Death Knight is potentially fighting with. The idea of the flames is just... I don't get it. It doesn't seem to make any sense narratively with this monster. Why does it have Hellfire? Maybe, I guess, if it's serving a Demon Lord, but there's nothing about that here beyond, like, it might have that. It might be serving Demogorgon. Who cares? So I would reduce the power of the Hellfire Orb, maybe make it more regular, or just have it be a, like a necrotic, almost like the Destructive Wave spell, right? Like a necrotic blast of power. I think it's cool. Maybe you make a point about it ripples out and it heals undead, you know? So it's a way to, like, marshal them better. Which leads us right into my third thing. Marshal undead sucks. Read this, like... Unless the Death Knight is incapacitated, it and undead creatures of its choice within 60 feet of it have advantage on saving throws against features that turn undead. It doesn't even have turn immunity. It just gives undead creatures within 60 feet of it advantage on their saves against turn undead. Previous versions of this thing could just control undead of 6th level or lower, right? Like a leader of an army, you know, how you would expect a kind of monster like this to work. And nope, it's this weird weak sauce power. So I would say... Doing the Necrotic Blast is a good way to do this, but make their main source of power be the undead they are fighting with. Like, yeah, the Death Knight is scary in combat, and it can parry, and it can fight with its Necrotic Sword, but why the Death Knight should be scary are the things it is able to do for the undead it is fighting with. That's what's scary about it. Darth Vader is scary because of the Empire, not because he has a lightsaber. So I would I would improve Martial Undead, make that the backbone of the Death Knight, reduce Hell Hellfire Orb, get rid of the spellcasting, give it some legendary actions, maybe go crazy and give it a lair, lair actions and stuff. Imagine the cool crumbling castle where the Death Knight has made its lair. There's a lot you could do with this very, very cool monster that is just being wasted. Great, that brings us to the end of our Death Knight episode. It's a surprisingly quick one for, you know, an all-nighter. We'll be back next week with another demon episode. We're attacking the next three demons on our list, the Glabrezu, the Yoklol, and the Nelfeshni. But I hope I'm saying those right. Come help us redesign the Death Knight on our streams, Thursdays, 2 p.m. PST. But until then, thank you so much for listening. Have a good night, and happy adventuring. Monster of the Week is a ProDM production. You can find us on Twitter at ProDMTimothy. If you like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Even $1 a month grants you access to the redesigned monsters that we discuss here on the show. 
You can find us at patreon.com slash protean. You can also catch those monster redesigned streams Thursdays at 2 p.m. on our YouTube channel. The music used was Rainbow Ride and Waves by Azure Flux, used under an attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, international Creative Commons license. Check out their work at azureflux.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.